0: Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at ODI with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of ODI's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast, it's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back to The Fix, a conversation around all things trades. Doug, I am super excited about today's Women in the
1: Trades. Absolutely, Catherine. You've heard me talk about it before. You know, a leap of faith, trust in yourself, confidence can lead to success. Most women are hesitant in getting into the trades because they feel it's a male-dominated industry. Today, we have a guest that's going to prove that wrong. You
0: got it. Wow, there are some really amazing stories out there of women trailblazing through the trades and making an impact and difference. When I heard about Doreen Cannon's story, I knew we had to talk further. So welcome, Doreen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about um, you a little bit further. Why did you pursue trades career in the first time around?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. My dad was very handy. I'm the Youngest of three daughters, so I think maybe I'm the son my father didn't have. Uh, my father actually was a pipe fitter by trade. He worked out of the aerospace union in maintenance pump or manufacturing pipe fitting. So um, I was always kind of hanging around with him doing things. So I always enjoyed working with my hands and I always enjoyed that feeling of accomplishment. So um, I did, I do have a college education. I went to college and then I went into retail management and buying for a retail firm. And uh, when I got to stay home, I said, you know what, I'm not going to go back to that 40 hours a week working Saturdays and Sundays working on salary holidays were always ruined because in retail it's just too much for sure so um my mother actually saw this little article in the Cleveland paper about a career fair for women it was probably 1996 and um wanting to get more women in the trade so I went to the career fair and I walked around talked to all the different trades and I kind of settled on the plumbers my father always did a little plumbing on the side and he had said to me hey said I think plumbing's a great career for a female so I kind of checked out the plumber's booth there at the career fair, and I thought they had great training. I liked what their international had to offer in training, and then I applied, and two years later, I got in the program.
0: That is awesome. So why do you think, if you look back, maybe that you didn't uh, go the trade route the first time around? Was it a fear, stigma, uh, or even just access to knowing that that was an option for you?
2: Yeah, I don't even think that females even now to this day and that's part of our challenge that know and realize that this is a career option for them Uh, you really don't even hear about it years ago it was always how do you get in the trades you knew somebody a family member was in it or you knew somebody there really wasn't that mass advertising to try to get into these apprenticeship programs so really honestly I never even thought about it until I kind of had been in the workforce for how many years and just decided hey something something has to be different.
0: Yeah, and Doug, we talk about this not even with women in the trades, but just getting tr- people in the trades in general. That there really isn't that advertising and that continued conversation anymore. That it is an option for.
1: It. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, Doreen, we have mentioned before in our uh, talking sessions that you know there isn't enough excitement built around being in the trades. But here on the fix, what we try to do is we try to let people know that hey, those options are there if you're willing to be dedicated you can go the rest of your career without needing to look for work because work is always there. Constant building is always going on. And it, it's also divided up where men and women can be equally uh, performance, uh, uh, perfection on these projects. They don't have to worry about, Hey, I'm going to look down upon because I am a female, you know, or I'm superior because I'm a male, you know, It can be accomplished right across the board no matter what, um, female or male, is on that project.
0: Yeah, Doreen, another thing is when you went into the trades and you started to learn uh, more and get into your apprentice program, was there something that you're like, man, I wish if I really would have known this back then, I would have gone a different route. Was there kind of an aha moment for you at all?
2: Absolutely. Right from the beginning, because boy, do I wish I was
0: 15 years younger right now and would yeah. have gotten in right
2: there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I do. So yeah, that definitely. And, and when you see, when you get into the program and you start to get the training and you realize that- this is really interesting, amazing stuff. Right. I mean, people don't realize what plumbers do. Everybody think like I'll, I do a lot of speaking at you know high schools or wherever. I am come to talk about the apprenticeship, and everybody will go, ooh, plumber, I don't, I don't want to be a plumber. And mm-hmm. I always say, hey, the only place I've ever plunged a toilet has been my own house. We're talking about new construction. We're talking about working on amazing jobs, building a clinic, building the Cleveland Clinic, all the medical gas lines are yeah. plumbers work. So there's so much involved, and a lot of people don't realize that – even the schooling, the five-year apprenticeship program is not an easy road. Sure. Classwork is difficult, and you really have to stay on top of everything to be as successful yeah. in the program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about your desire to advocate for women in the trades. You know, why do you feel kind of that heartstring uh, pull that I, I need to say more and I need to stand up more for this?
2: Well, I think it turned my life around, definitely. And mm-hmm. I, I know um, a lot of women all across the country. There's a big trades women group all across the country, United States and Canada. And I even personally here in Cleveland, um, I know women who have gone from being homeless to earning the wages of a plumber, and really, awesome. it does turn their life around, especially for um, maybe a one-income family, whether it be male or female. Right. How much this the you know earning that good living wage can turn somebody's life around. So I've always been you know, tr- tr- and seeing the accomplishments of women across the country, being able to promote that and let people know, hey, this really is a career for women. You can do it. You know, don't get discouraged and, you know, have a successful career for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. And we definitely learned during the pandemic. And I think a lot of people saw during the pandemic as it being an essential uh, workforce. They were never out of work and actually had a lot more work because so many people were home and having to do a lot of projects that continue to move. So Mm -hmm. it's a job that we are always going to need as a nation and as a country and as as a world that you can really do this work wherever
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, uh, being a master plumber myself, uh, pretty much all my career, I can say that there was never anything more fulfilling than me supplying clean water to a facility, because no nobody really realizes outside of this country how important clean water is and how hard it is to you know mm-hmm. acquire. And here we have the plumbers of the nation, you know, supplying it every day safely.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Great point. So, Doreen, how has your leadership and instructor role at Plumbers 55 given you the opportunity to mentor and educate women more?
2: Um we all all across the country, need, we need more women in leadership positions. So getting to that leadership position is what kind of gives you a stepping stone to make everybody aware of what you have done. So being president has really um, offered me a lot because I get to go to a lot of conferences and talk. I, I do some teaching at uh, the UA International level. We have a um, a program every year that all the instructors from across the country who teach at all the local levels, levels come to training for a, a week every August, and I teach a recruitment class up there. So I'm actually teaching the training coordinators and the instructors mm-hmm. and some of the union awesome. members on how to recruit women into the into the trades. So that really has been a, a definite plus. And being a being an instructor has been great because women need to see other women doing this. That's our right. biggest challenge. We always say. Why don't women think of this? And if you think about it, it's less than it's between three and 4% nationally, Mm -hmm. the um, women that actually work with the tools that we consider women in the trades. So how do you promote that when you can't, they say, if you don't see it, you can't do it. So how do we promote that when there's so few women that other younger women are not seeing women doing this job?
0: That's a great point, and I think you know, that's something that for us really to continue to highlight, that those women who are in the trades, let's really bring them to the forefront so that others can see like themselves, oh, this is an opportunity for me, or this is something I can go and do, because if she can do it, I can do it too.
2: Right. And so all the locals, even in the Cleveland area, um, have so few women, we're still around that three or 4%. So it's very hard to get a tradeswoman committee, like the plumbers have their own tradeswoman committee and the electricians, because there's just not enough numbers. You know, it's like when you try to put a Greek Group together. You need 200 people to get 75 people who really are going to participate. Sure. sure. So, what um, myself and a carpenter, female carpenter, approached the Cleveland Building Trades a few years ago and said, hey, you know can we form a tradeswoman committee under the umbrella of the Cleveland Building Trades? Oh, cool. Because we need the numbers. So luckily, a new executive director, Dave Wondolowski, had just gotten into as uh, executive director of the Cleveland Building Trades. He was young. He was a bricklayer right out of the field. And he was 100% behind us. Awesome! So we had to write up a proposal. And the executive board said, absolutely. So now we have this great committee, the Cleveland Building Trades, Tradeswoman Committee. And we have all of the women across the Cleveland area from every trade, iron workers, you know, electricians, sheet metal workers all together. And this is how we've kind of got our numbers up and how we'll be able to promote even more.
0: That's wonderful. Because, you know, even here at ODI, you know, we are mainly a plumbing, uh, you know, product manufacturer, but we also have products that go across other trades. And I think it's important for us too, to continue talking about trades in general, even though plumbing is very important to us, but so is all the trades, like you said, iron, metal, mm-hmm. um, electricians, et cetera.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've spoke before on the show, Doreen, that, you know, unless you're willing to take that chance, that leap of faith, you're never going to realize what you're missing. Mm-hmm. And I was always a fan. And I think that's why I, I stayed with the trades my entire career, where I love starting a project. I love building it. I love looking at it 360 degrees to see how I can maybe make it better. And then at the end, I got to stand back and look at it and say, I either did that or I was part of an elite team who completed that project.
2: You know, it's funny because my son used to get so, I'm like, oh, mom, come on. We'd be riding around in the car and I'd say, hey, your mom helped build that building. Your that's mom awesome. helped build that building. <laughs> I did this building. And he'd say, oh, mom, come on, you know, really. Now he's 28 years old, so boy have the years flown by, saying, <laughs> how you started kindergarten when I got
0: in the program. Yeah. And now
2: he's like, always, hey, what are you doing now, mom? What are you doing? So it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting.
0: Well, that and that's a good part of, you know, talking to your kids about opportunities and so that they can see, you know, Direct results of the work that you're doing. I think that's really important thing to can, you keep driving by when he's he's still 28, telling him all the things that you're working on. I love it. So I'm do that with my boys. So I don't know this. Are you the actual first woman president of Plumbers 55, or has there been someone before you?
2: No, I'm the first president, and I probably was one of the first presidents for the UA International. I awesome. Know, I think there's one other one across the country now. We are making strides. We do have. Um, a, Female business agent out of Long Island, um, out of the pipe fitters, and we have a female who just uh, got elected financial secretary treasurer out of Detroit. So we're getting up there, but yeah. it,
0: it, it's tough. Yeah, I bet. Well, congratulations. That's a pretty awesome accomplishment for sure. You know,
1: when we're done today, can I get your autograph?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's
2: funny because when I, I I was one of those people who always was involved, no matter what I did. When I was in college, I was president of the sorority. When Mm -hmm. my son was in sports, I was the mom doing this and that. So when I got into the union, I, you know, people say, why, why did you get so involved? And I would say to you, say to them, how can you not get involved? When this is where you got your training, this is why you make the wage That you do. This is why you have the benefits you do. So, right as soon as I was a a journeyman, you know, in two thousand and three, I started getting involved. I joined a committee, and then I actually ran for the executive board. That was my first elected position. Again, first elected female in anything in the local. And then um, after two terms on that, I ran for president. So I'm in my fourth term as president now. So coming up on twelve years.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, so speaking of getting into that president's role, how do you Go about, you know, and do you think achieving that position in a very male-dominated um, industry, you know, did you have obstacles and hurdles that you kind of had to get across?
2: Well, absolutely. And i it's funny because there's a big um, convention uh, every year, if not the last couple of years, but of tradeswomen. It's called Tradeswomen Build Nation. And it's all, I mean, they pull over 2,000 tradeswomen from across the United States and Canada. It's an amazing experience. I suggest everybody go to it. Um, but I did a workshop there and that's exactly what I was trying to do. How do you run for office? So I kind of tell the story of it, it, it's hard. How do you get your foot in the door? So for me, when I became a journeyman, I picked that committee, I picked a committee that I thought, man, this committee could use some help. Mm-hmm. So I picked the, you know, hate to say it, the uh, uh, a committee a female would be good at. So sure. I picked the entertainment committee who does the children's Christmas party and the plumber's picnic. Got it. So I got on the committee. And then after a while, I became chair of the committee. And I made a lot of changes. Um, the kids Christmas party used to be candy all over the place, and, the, <laughs> and, and no food, and it was just, it was just hectic, so I got rid of the little, can, all the candy, except a little bag, brought in pizza, yeah. and I had all the, I I actually kind of got my connection through the wives of the members because they'd come up to me at the party and they'd say, oh my gosh, thank goodness. This is so much better. So, and then who do they talk to? Right. Their husbands who are my members. And then after that, I kind of worked my way up through that. So I always tell, pick a place that you think you can make a difference. Pick some part of the union or organization that you think you can make a difference. And through that, more people will get to know you and realize that you have good intentions, and you want to make changes. And it's just kind of
0: snowballed from there. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk a little bit about um, how the industry maybe has changed. You know, how has it changed since you entered uh, almost, I guess now your son's 28. 28. So 23 years ago, Mm -hmm. to how it is now, you know, the good, the bad, uh, you know, what are your thoughts?
2: I think it has changed in the fact that there are definitely more women. I mean, I remember when I first got in, the percentage was like 2.3. So we are making some headway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the younger generation are more open to females in the field than the older generation just because of the, the, you know, kind of what it was like back then. I think um, in general it's still uh, difficult just by the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a job that's a physical job. It's a job that you have to put up with the weather and the elements, especially here in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Sun- <laughs> sunny today and snowing tomorrow. I think so that is the forecast. Know, you yeah. never know. So there is, uh, you know, a lot of that. But the plus is being the you get the same training, like you mentioned, Doug, and you get the same pay. And we get away from that unequal pay for, depending on females and males. Um, is there still some difficulties out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I will honestly say there are still some men who do not want females on the job. Sure. There's some contractors who don't want a female on the crew because they think it's going to add some kind of extra problems on the job. Mm. And that's very frustrating to me because I don't think that's true at all. And I think the women who choose to, if this is, this is not a job for anybody, male or female. I right. wouldn't get my son out there doing this. No way. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just not for everybody. So the women who choose to do this, um, what we try to do for through the Cleveland Building Straits is we try to tell them, this is what you're getting into. You right. have to know exactly what you're getting into if if you are going to be successful. Hey, it's going to be rough. It's going to be you know. There's no place to uh, wash your hands. There's no bathroom to use there except these little wonderful porta johns that everybody hates. You yep. know, even yep. the men hate them. So we are we are very honest when women reach out and ask about what it's like in the trade. And I think if you know what it's like and you understand that what the challenges are going to be, you are going to be successful. And I think. The biggest thing is, even generationally, we just need people who want to commit to this training, mm-hmm. who will show up for work every day, who will stay off of their cell phones, which is such a safety hazard on construction sites, yep. and you will be successful. It really doesn't take more than that. Just your willingness to tackle this program and learn through your five-year apprenticeship for the plumbers, at least.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, something that you said stuck with me about equal pay. So that's something that women can expect going into uh, this role, that they have equal pay with men, and that's not really a a gap within the trades? Absolutely not,
2: because we all work under a collective bargaining agreement, so everybody gets paid the same. Now, on the other side of things, I will be honest and say that a lot of times women are still the first ones laid off. Mm. So when you look at it overall, do some of the females get as many hours in a year as the males do? No. Okay. And, and, and again, so much of this is so frustrating because I, I just don't know what you do about it. Right. You know, but I think um, going back to the more females we get out there, the yep. more we become a kind of a normal structure on the job or not uh, not a minority on the job right that those kind of things will change I-, mm-hmm.
0: I totally agree with you Doreen I think you're right you know it's exactly what you did right get involved show up be able to show up for another generation that wants to look up to participate in the mm-hmm. trades and and that will start to grow even like you said it was maybe at 2.3% and now you're at you know three to four percent mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's Progress, maybe not as fast as desired, but I think your leadership and your, you know, having conversation like this is a great example for a lot of women.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing for the females to remember too is, okay, people like Doreen and Doreen's staff and and the project managers on the job sites, okay, they're not just going to throw you to the wolves and they're not going to say, hey, it's going to be a tough day, work it out. They are going to have that support there. They're going to have good mentoring, okay? They're going to have that support knowing that, hey, you know what? Somebody's pushing limits too far. I am an equal in this trade, and I need some assistance neutralizing this situation. Right. You know, and and you know, like here at ODI, we work a lot with uh, non-union and union contractors. Obviously, one of the things I liked most about the union structure was the safety portion mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. It is really, really hammered in every day. We want you to come home the same way you went to work. Okay, sure. and. You know, the OSHA guidelines, they're followed, they're talked about all the time. So, you know, the women don't have to worry about, hey, you know, I might be a little bit smaller in stature or something than someone else, so I might get injured easily. You know, those rules and guidelines are set up so that everybody's as safe as possible all day.
2: Yeah, that's true. We, and and the apprenticeship, I mean, before they even go out in the field for the plumbers and for all the trades, they'll get like an OSHA 10 training. And then somewhere they'll also get OSHA 30. So you're absolutely right. Training is, or safety is such a huge part of it. It's interesting because a lot of times when I'm talking, somebody will say, well, you know, women aren't strong enough to do this job. Mm. And that's like my job. Don't say that to me because that's like my trigger point. <laughs> and, because, and I always say to them, "Have you ever seen the healthcare workers, the women, oh. nursing aides? Do you do you think it's easier to lift a ten foot piece of pipe than it is to lift a person mm-hmm. in a bed who you have to help in and out of a bed? Absolutely. So that's very stress, you know, aggravating to me. But and now it's not there." you're not expected to do anything that somebody else would wouldn't do on the job. You know, we have things, there's certain things you don't do alone. And I always say too, when I was at my prime in the in the field, I was probably stronger than that 19 year old kid who just got in and I was probably stronger than the 65 year old guy who was ready to retire. Sure. So it's all kind of things. So to me, that is a mute point to absolutely bring up. Yeah, no, makes sense.
0: So I want to talk a little bit and dive into some advice for women in the trades. Um, You know, what, would you give uh, advice to young women you talked a little bit about how you know t- being honest with them and, and and truthful about some challenges they're going to have but what else would you kind of um, if someone was sitting across from you saying I think that this is the direction I want to go
2: so I, again just t- I would tell them to really do their research and to find out what trade is right for you so you know it's really hard, you know. We t- we talked about how do you promote this to the general public about the trades, and part of our the hard part for us is that the high schools still a lot of the counselors don't push this as an opportunity. Right. So we slowly have to work on that. And, and I think it's coming around where people are starting to see that this should be an option. So the Cleveland Building Trades, and it was frustrating to us to go to, I would go to a career fair at a high school, and every there would be everyone there, right? All different kinds right. of companies, all the armed forces, firemen, policemen. And uh, we would be there, and we would get very little feedback you know, stopping hmm. at our table. Either the parents kind of walk by or the counselors walk by. So it, it's frustrating because uh, you still have kind of that stigma about um, – go into the trades because you can't do anything else. And that's another thing we have to stop. So so we started um, through the Cleveland, and all of the trades were frustrated by this. So a few years ago, I started doing, the Cleveland Building Trades do two trade fairs a year, usually in October and March, where it's nothing but the trades there. The Cleveland Building Trades are the only ones there. And anybody who comes there is coming because they want information about the trades. So going back to what do we tell females when they're interested in this, I tell them, you need to come to something like this mm-hmm. and you need to talk to every trade, find out what every trade does. And it's really great that every single trade that comes to that brings a female with them
0: yeah, to, to that's man great. their
2: table. And then the tradeswomen committee always does the table at the front. So and we just had one in October and that was probably about 20 f- tradeswomen there from awesome. all the different trades. So I tell them, come and talk to these women and ask them any kind of hard question you want. Like I said before, these women are going to be very honest with you. And do your research because every trade is so different that you really have to find out what exactly do they do. What are the physical aspects of that job? Because we talk about a plumber or an iron worker. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a a big difference between that. Somebody may want to be a plumber, but they're not quite sure that they want to be an iron worker who has other challenges. And yet women are great iron workers because women have great – They are physically, they have Mm -hmm. great balance. They are multitaskers, like we all know. So the women that do decide to do that are really successful. So that is the, the, the biggest point. You have to understand what you're getting into and understanding that this is a commitment, especially during apprenticeship program. This is a commitment for five years where you're going to have to work hard and do what's expected of you, and you, you will succeed. All I can ever say, say to everyone, if you take advantage of what is being offered to you, you will succeed. You will
0: succeed. That's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, I'm just going to add to that briefly there. You know, the union is set up and structured in such a way that, they don't want you to fail. Mm -hmm. They will absolutely do everything possible to make you successful, even if you don't want to be successful. That's right. (laughs) So, you know, you can't get a better opportunity than that.
2: You can't. The training is all laid out for you. You're going to get this in your first, your second, your third year. By the time you're ready to become a journeyman, you're going to have the certificates you need, the certifications you need, the licensing you need, and it's going to be all laid out for you.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. So how can schools, associations... Like you're doing today, manufacturers, you know, best support young girls and women getting into the trades or in the trades?
2: So I I personally think that we need to start reaching the younger girls. Um, we need to start reaching um, at a point where they're not even sure what they want to do with their career. You know, there's that old uh, saying if you ask like a, you know, a little six-year-old girl what do you want to be when you grow up, you've got things like, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a doctor, or mm-hmm. I want to be this, and they have amazing things. And then they get to junior high, and what do you want to be? those things are gone. It's like, for some reason, society has kind of said to them, no, this this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it's a shame sure. it's still like that. So I think reaching even younger girls, and, and I think the best way to do that, and I hope... Uh, To be something, we'll start in Cleveland. I have a friend out of New York City who started something called uh, Tools and Tierras, and she hosts these those workshops for those younger girls. And she said it's just amazing how excited they are, and how you know she said she takes them on a job site when when we could go out on the job sites. She would take them on a Saturday on a job site, get permission, line it all up, and she said. They would go for a tour, and she said if they would see a woman working, they'd all start going, yeah, there's a woman, there's a woman. Girl power. Girl power, exactly. And that's what she – and she has made great strides with that. And I really think that is the key, that we have to reach those young girls and tell them, hey – you can do this.
0: Yeah, you know, well,
2: I, have, I have a little niece, and she's like five years old now. Man, you tell her she can't do something, and she crosses her arms and stamps her foot, and she's going to tell you, "No, I'm, I can do that." So we need it. to. We can't lose that. And somewhere along the line, we start to lose that.
0: Yeah. Well, Doreen, you know, we will help you if you want to get that started up. We've got a facility here at Ohio University, or if there's a project, we know a couple of plumbers locally that would definitely partake in something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had uh, Girl Scouts of Northeast Ohio in here to mm-hmm. learn about manufacturing and plumbing. So um, we are always, um, you know, supportive to whatever we can do, because it is it's an important conversation we need to continue to have and bringing awareness and letting people know that, hey, this is an opportunity for you. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one quick story. Uh, back in my day, I I did some very large projects. And on one project, I had a female electrician show up. And, um, you know, I was not a I was not aware of female interactions on construction sites at that time. And I never really talked to anybody except for my foreman. So the foreman, of the electrical contractor had came to me and he goes, Hey, I need your help. I I need to know what to do with this person. I'm like, that's why I pay you. Okay. You figure it out. Who is this person? Well, it's a female. So long story short, I I got to know this young lady. Uh, She started in as an electrician. She basically was close to being homeless, but she got into this career so she could take care of her and her daughter. Um, The job site was not well receiving of her. So I basically had to have a meeting, laid the law down that if anybody harassed her at all, I would fire them. And we, I went, I had a meeting with her. I told her I was going to give her an opportunity, but she had to prove herself. And at the end of the story, she became such an asset to that job site. And every time I was in that area working, I would try to get her from the hall. Mm-hmm. And she became so well known that I couldn't get her anymore because everybody else <laughs> wanted to pick her up
2: yeah sure. absolutely and it, you know you we talked about how things have changed over the years and i and I think they have in some ways, but I remember the first job I was on, and I didn't know it until I was probably there six months when somebody finally came up to me and said, "You know that foreman did not want you on the job right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He didn't want women on the job, he didn't yep. want women on the job. Gosh, him and I be- ended up becoming really good friends. uh he became a mentor to me, and um passed away a few years ago when I went to the wake I introduced myself to his daughter and he goes oh my gosh she goes you're Doreen my father used to say you were the best man on the job That's good. Yeah. so yeah it just again women women are great at this because we are great at hand eye coordination and Mm -hmm. and sometimes being smaller helps I don't know how many times I got called and somebody say hey I just dropped something down this three inch inch pipe and my hand won't work fit but mine would fit and I would get right yeah. down there or the little fine little stuff that just took a little bit of finesse women are much better at men having uh are, are more apt to try to bully something in uh-huh. where women will be very you know precise about it so yeah. a lot of excellent qualities for females
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, as we start to wrap things up today, is there anything that you would like to help close with that you want to leave here today from our conversation that um, you really want to make sure gets across to our listeners?
2: No, I just think on kind of two sides that, I mean, women really need to look at this as an option for themselves. Uh, the training is there, the the amazing career is there. And not only, um, you know, just, you uh, are you going to become a electrician or a plumber, or a pipe fitter? Not necessarily do you have to stay doing, stay it, it, working with the tools, as we call it. There's other opportunities, as estimators, start your own company. boy, we need some minority companies out there, too. It. So that's an option. And then, um, you know, on the other side, that for the men out in the field, just to, to give the female the same kind of chances you would give anybody else. Yeah. And I think they, they would be pleasantly surprised at, at how good yeah. uh, females yeah. can be.
1: You know, uh, Doreen, I have a question for you. So you've explained to us some of your challenges in a high level, okay? Um, the time that you entered the trades were almost a hostile period for women mm-hmm. to be in mm-hmm. there, okay, because the bullying had to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. But – Looking back, would you have still taken that same journey to be where you are today?
2: Absolutely. And like I said, I wish I would have done it sooner. See, and yeah, that's, really that's great. And that's
1: what we want all the young women to know out there. You know, hey, take that chance. You know, with anything, there's going to be challenges. But you know what? The end result is going to be, you know, satisfaction, confidence. And, and just, you know, a great experience.
2: And, you know, there still is some of that negativity and bullying out in the field. And, and I would say to every tradesperson out there that if you see something like that, speak up. You know what I mean? If you yep. see somebody, something happen, speak up. Because if everybody starts to speak up, then the minority is the ones that are, have that kind of attitude. And yep. the majority are going
0: to slowly stop them from doing it. Yeah, allyship is so key. So really important. Absolutely. The
1: last time I checked, Doreen, it doesn't take one person to build a building. Mm-hmm. It takes a team. Yep. So every team member, whether you're sweeping the floors or whether you're signing checks, everybody's important on that job site. So you work together and support each other That's and right. everybody will be more successful.
0: Wonderful. Absolutely. Well, Doreen, I just want to thank you so much for participating and joining in on the conversation today. Doug, this was pretty cool.
1: You are an awesome person, and <laughs> well, I'm so happy you. to have met you.
0: Well,
2: I thank you, and I, as always, any opportunity I have to speak out about the opportunities for females in these programs, I will take it.
0: You, you got it. Well, we will make sure that um, we uh, put Doreen's information along with this episode. So, if anyone uh, in the local Cleveland community or even outside of Cleveland that wants to learn a little bit more. I'm sure Doreen will help uh, connect you to the right person. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at odie.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget... You can get your daily fix by visiting odie.com, and we'll catch you next time.